Hello everyone, welcome to Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast. Hello! Scott McLeod here, joined by my good friend and co-host as usual, Paul Byrne. Hello. <laughs> I thought you meant Jim Beam. No, why would I talk, be talking about your bottle of Jim Beam? Fucking Jim Beam. Well, you are. Eldorado wouldn't send us anything, maybe Jim Beam will. Yeah, I was going to say, you've been uh, plugging away at trying to get us a sponsor, basically what alcohol looted for a long time, I don't think it's happening. Take the hint, man. Okay. We'll take anything. Cigarettes, <laughs> booze, anything nefarious. Within reason. Careful when you say that, with anything nefarious. Okay. You never know the people that we we trying to message us. We'll take any sponsorship, as long as it gives us money. Mm-hmm. Free <laughs> shit. Hurrah. Free shit for all people. We're, we're shameless shills. We will be. Yeah. Yeah. You more so than me. But... Honestly, this is our, as you can see the title, our usual Frasier review. And before we jump into the episodes of Frasier, we're going to be reviewing, we're carrying on with our, our trip through season six of the show. We are. We ha- I have to talk about uh, a late birthday gift that was given to me by Paul. I know it's been over a month, but uh, I was I did not mind how long I had to wait as long as I got something for you, and you are a good I are, am a good friend. You are. And I was not expecting to get one when I came up to do there was... So I was completely surprised by this, but I've mentioned my, my love of Funkos in the past. <clears throat> well, here I mentioned it last week. You did? And, you know, we talked about, uh, in the past I even got Paul a Funko. I got you one of uh, Teddy Biasi. You did. Fun time. He got himself in some financial trouble this week, mm-hmm. I heard. <laughs> those, those ministries taking money they shouldn't be taking. Tut tut, Fred. Uh if only he had someone to help oh, him with his money, like a man. Fred. Ted. <laughs> Fred. If, o- if only he had somebody to help him with his financial troubles, like his friend Erwin Arshester. Yeah, like, oh, Erwin will be coming after him. Oh, yes. <laughs> but Erwin's a tax man, you know. Yes. He'll be he'll be tapping him on the bonds with his briefcase. <laughs> Ted, you heard me for years talking about tax suits. Why did you not listen to me, Ted? Are you talking about it's Fred? Well, he'll be changing his name to Ted for legal reasons, so he doesn't have to pay these taxes. But you know, other aside from you know the financial woes of Fred slash Ted DPS, we have. I want to talk about this Funko that Paul's given me as a, a very thoughtful uh, birthday gift. Is a Fraser Funko, Professor Fraser. Yeah, is a Funko Pop of Fraser Crane. One of three you can get now of a new range of Fraser Funkos. One, the other ones you can get are nails. Who, when you look at the back of the box and the image of the nails, fungo you can get, as we pointed out before we recorded, looks slightly a bit more sinister. He's more, he's less nails, David Hyde Pierce, and more perfect guest, David Hyde Pierce. Host. Perfect host. There you go, I've still not seen it. Yes, he's more Warwick. Yes. Oh, I'll assume that's his name in the film, I'll just go along with it. And also, you can get a modern fungo, which comes with a little Eddie. Yeah. They, they couldn't give Eddie his own fungo. His, na- his name in the film is Warwick Wilson. They couldn't give Eddie his own wee Funko, but yeah, that's one thing you can get. I've got food there now, eventually I'm going to have to probably find Martin and Niles. I'm a completionist, I can't not have... You can't not have a complete collection. Yeah, that's, that's the thing, like, you have your own thing with the way you collect, do you like your, your I tapes? I like my wrestling tapes and wrestling memorabilia and my music memorabilia. Yeah, you have, like, certain eras and that that you want to go through everything, like, I was... Most of these fungos come with like a part of a certain collection or a certain group. Like, I've got 
a couple of like Power related ones from like uh, like the original series. I'm going to have to probably get the others because I, I don't want to have certain ones. I need to be complete set or there's a, there's a couple of series of Funkos called the Venomized series where, you know, like the character Venom. Mm-hmm. It's basically different Marvel characters, but what they would look like if they had the Venom, you know, symbiote on uh-huh. them. And I've got one or two of them and I want, I want all of them. I need to collect them all. So, you know, I, I, that's how I go about with my kind of my Funko, you know, collecting and that. I, I would like to know. Because I heard, like, as you know, I'm not as into Funkos as you. I, I yeah. kind of get it, but mm-hmm. not overly. But I've heard there is certain, you know, branches of Funko you can get. Like, I know there's a lot of horror Funkos as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. I heard there's some Hellraiser ones. I think it depends what you're into, because literally they all make, it seems at times, <laughs> there's some ends of Steam stuff that's a Funko, and I'm like, they were fucking mega Funko everything. The Queen's got a Funko. There you go, that's how... It's oh, come on, she's a queen. I know, but like, that's the kind of things that Funko do. They'll make a Funko for anyone. Is there a Richie and Eddie Funko? <laughs> there is not. Maybe they should start the campaign now. Yeah, like, we'll start a petition to Funko. There should be a Richie and Eddie Funko. Oh, or a Young Ones bunch of Funkos, you know. Neil, Vivian, Prick. <laughs> nice guy, Mike. Mm-hmm. Alexi Sale. Yeah, I'm not. As, oh, you know, I watched a couple of episodes of uh, the young ones with, with you when I was up here one time. Before we watched the first couple of episodes, and then when we just kept playing episodes, we were mostly talking over it. So I got lost. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. You don't need to know what's going on. It's just <laughs> violent fun. Very much, yeah, yeah. And Neil going, I didn't mean to do it. Ricky, really. I just looked at it and it blew up. My nigga <laughs> still scrape a couple of portions off the wall. Mm-hmm. One, one moment I really remember from uh, the young ones is like when they're fighting over the, the room and then they're not setting the bed on fire and he's like Neil, <laughs> your bedroom's on fire <laughs> I thought this was my bedroom no, this is your bedroom now <laughs> Neil, Rick, Rick look, look I've got six pairs of hands I'm like Krishna <laughs> Is there anything to try and impress me, Neil? <laughs> but you know and then a roundabout sense here uh, thank you very much for the fun call there. You're welcome. You're most welcome. <laughs> it's it it actually your birthday very soon as well, isn't it? Tell people that, they'll know I'm getting older. Well, that's technically what a birthday is. Do you, do you, yeah, it's a is cele- this the first that you've heard of this? It's no one that sat you down. A celebration of your ever-approaching death. Happy birthday, Scott. <laughs> this is why Paul doesn't have a career making greetings cards. Why? Because of shit like that. Oh... Because, oh, because uh, happy reminder of your reminder of your impending march towards death. Happy fifth birthday, Darren. <laughs> Why is Darren crying? Are you saying I'm some kind of drunken nihilist or something? No. Uh, Mainly because I don't know what nihilist is. Nihilist, you know, very much, you know, nothingness, nothing matters, nothing is important. Nihilist. Huh. Well, thank you for that very dull definition of it thank you very much I'm sure I don't know a... how to respond to that with happy thoughts and sparkles <laughs> happy birthday Scott thank you it was three weeks ago but thank you cool. at least I can't remember how long ago it was it feels like forever ago time is a flat circle yeah time sucks <laughs> happy freaking birthday to everyone hope you've not got a birthday coming up because uh, you'll be depressed yeah yeah you will you look, you look crying into your birthday cake now. But if you have some Jim Beam, you'll be fine. Or any particular bourbon. It's all good. The answer to everything is not always bourbon. You know that, right? 
I don't know that, Scott. <laughs> I have never understood the concept of things working without bourbon. I don't know how you're going to take this, Paul. But I noticed, when we talked about your and your hair in the last episode, how kind of short length it is. Yeah. I don't know why, but all of a sudden, you, with this current hair, you got you kind of got a Lord Farquaad looking look, as far as I'm concerned here. Who is he? Lord Farquaad. Shrek, first one. Little man. Bad guy in it. Bad guy? Bad guy in first Shrek. Have you not seen Shrek? Not for a while. Lord Farquaad. <laughs> look it up. You've got a phone. You have Google, don't you? Is he a dick? He's the bad guy. Of course he's a dick. I'm not calling you a dick, I'm just talking about hair-wise, you look like Lord Farquaad to me. Well, okay then, cool. <laughs> no, it's really, you're just gonna, that's just going to be your reaction. See, he really is a nihilist, he's just nothing. I like sparkly things. <laughs> sparkly nihilism. I was just expecting more of a reaction to that. No. <laughs> he left a note, but no. <laughs> no address. Yeah, that's our line for Wesley in episode one of the episodes of Freezer we're gonna be talking about. We're gonna be doing four episodes of Well, where are my manners? Can I offer you some toast? <laughs> we're gonna be doing four episodes of Fraser today because we have Well <laughs> you sent me a thing. Well before I tell you that, that's that is Lord that is Lord Farquaad. Do you don't remember does it remember now? Ah, oh, John Lithgow did him, yes. didn't you? Right? Yes, John cool. You see, you see what I'm talking about here. Look up every if you're listening now. What type into Google images Lord Farquaad if you need a reminder. Hold on, that's kind of what Paul. There we up. go. He's not as small as Lord Farquaad, but you know, I can see I can see him sending other people to be killed by a dragon. <laughs> if you remember, some of you may die, but it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. And I, despite my. Depressing view on time and such. I hope whoever is having a birthday soon or having a late birthday, I hope you all have a lovely one. Because despite my views, birthdays are a lovely thing. Mm-hmm. Birthdays are. A lot of mine of o- over the years I don't remember too clearly. I wonder why. <laughs> I do wonder why. But I do, I do very fondly remember my tenth birthday. Ah. I got, I got a Casio keyboard. And my mother was very kind because when I was very young, I was into collecting, you know, little die-cast cars. You know, little mm-hmm. little yeah. car models, ones you keep in the box, you know. Mm. And she got me a little uh, black, you know, a little British taxi and a little American taxi. So a little black hack and a little yellow cab. Mm. And like I say, I got my Casio keyboard that had wake me up before you go-go. <laughs> like, I had one of them! Yay! I knew I had a key, I didn't know if that one, but yeah, immediately you had to press the button and started fucking playing. Yeah, playing Wham, and you were like, yeah, I was totally playing this. And remember the time I got that and started properly playing a bit with it? I'd only just seen Zoolander for the first time, so I'd only just. So that song was fairly fresh in my head because that's where I first discovered that song was through Zoolander. So like I'm like, oh, that song from Zoolander that one time. You know what'll make this better? Orange Mocha Frappuccino! Uh, such a f- stupidly funny movie, isn't it? Uh, Zoolander. I've not seen the second one. I've actively avoided it. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah. You are a lucky man for not seeing it. <laughs> mm. It makes me sad. Uh, I can imagine so. But the first one, that's a that's a riot. Did you know that Zoolander was a badly Googleizer? Apparently so. A man who's bad at speaking at Googleys. <laughs> Or who speaks to funerals, as is the definition. Yes. 
Yes. So as I was saying, though, we uh, we do have four episodes of Fraser talk about. Shall I like first explain to them why we have four? Why we're doing four instead of three? I think you should, Scott. I think you should because we we started doing because more often now we have started trying to plan ahead at least a couple of weeks time. Yes, we we try we try to plan our madness. Mainly because a lot of stuff we talk about requires us obviously to watch something first and at least make some form of notes about. So obviously knowing stuff ahead of time, we can plan that better. Yeah. And so we have planned some stuff out for the next couple of weeks. Uh, quite a bit of the next couple of weeks, as we'll mention again at the end, but quite a, we're going to have a couple of weeks of impact in the weeks following us because next week we're going to talk about everything that's been going on. Yeah. To use a wrestling analogy, we have a pretty stacked card for you people. We do, yeah, that's yeah. the best way of, that's the best way of saying it. Uh, we got that. We got so we're going to talk about Empire Everything Everything's been happening the last month or so. And, and a lot has been happening. It has, and also make predictions for Burn for Glory, which is next weekend, the day of Burn for Glory, the night of Burn for Glory. I have to go to a, a party. I must say, oh, are you looking forward to Burn for Glory, Scott? I'm uh, really looking forward to it. I am going to somebody's uh, birthday party on the uh, the night of Burn for Glory, so the next day I will try and find the time and avoid spoil when I wake up the Sunday. Yeah, day. it's always a pain that, like, see, like. The whole thing, like, mm-hmm. even, like, week to week when you're trying to avoid spoilers for Impact, just yeah. generally, like, you're going through Facebook and things, yeah. and you're just looking through your Facebook, and the minute you see anything Impact, you're like, oh, oh fuck, slide past it, don't look, don't look. I think I got an Impact thing for me one time, I think it was, a, I think it was one of the uh, Impact Plus places towards the end of last year, but I, was, I had to share something on Twitter for, yeah. for, I can't remember what I had to share, but then I went back into the main Twitter page to double check that had been posted, and then I seen it was an Impact treat because I follow Impact, and then... I kind of seen something got spoiled me like a result of who won a match. I'm like, oh, well, I kind of had that coming. I was yeah, on Twitter. yeah. Let me ask you, by the way, just impact related. Just as he's been going so <laughs> far, what is your general thoughts on Macklin? I like him. Yeah, you think he's? Do you do you believe that he potentially? Because I I don't know if it's spoilers for you, but I know who are going to be bound for Gory in the triple threat. I know for the most part, and I think you know he's in it. I know him and Trey are in it. Him and third Tr- person. I know who the third person is. That's a spoiler I saw. I know who's in it, and I know who I want it to be, but I worry it's not going to be who, who I want it to be. Who do you want it to be? I'd like it to be ELP, but I don't think it's going to be ELP. Who's ELP? El Phantasmo. Dickhead. <laughs> At times. New Japan guy. Okay, then. But, uh... I, I, I will not spoil it for good people, but... Mm-hmm. But, uh... Like we need more people next. I'll, I'll talk about more next week. We need more people like him and that Alex Zane. He's he's very cool. Him, yeah, yeah. Purpley hair. I'm I'm very I'm very um uh I'm I'm really liking the learning tree. <laughs> I'm so surprised because at first I thought they were dicks, <laughs> but I'm really liking this the the lemon tree uh, lemon uh, the learning tree? tree because I like that Manny Lemons guy. Yeah. You know the lemon tree. <laughs> 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 see, see, see while Paul tries to be choked to death <clears throat> Paul I'm recovering my cold now I'm thinking that Manny Lemons should now have a move where he has to he tangles his points up in the corner of the tree of Rome call it the lemon tree yeah someone write that someone write Good to him and tell him that I, I who is Brian Meyer's little cohort Sam Beal I want Sam Beal to break away and be a soul I love Sam Beal well, so that's going to be... You know, he can, t- he can help you learn how to cut a t-shirt. I learned. Uh, but anyway, that's also more discussion for next week. We're going to talk about it and Paul tries to recover. Hopefully he won't. 
I do apologise. I was very ill during the week. Uh, that's understandable. So, we're going to have that next week. Obviously, predictions for Bound for Glory and everything. Then, also, the following week, we, we, usually we would leave like pay-per-views kind of till like the next episode of Making an Impact, which would be the following, but it's the biggest show of the year. I don't think it was right to leave it because I think it's basically it's one of those shows you need to talk about kind of wait soon after it happens, kind of like we did with Slammiversary, so we're going to do oh, it yeah, yeah. on its own uh, Bound for Glory review in the week following it. And then after that, uh, we get to the end of October into early November, which is which will mark the fourth year anniversary of Scott and Paul's Rambogeth. I can't believe it either. Bitching. <laughs> we're leg we're legends, man. We are fucking legends, man. <laughs> I I so we don't we're entirely sure we're probably just gonna chalk shit as we usually do, but more but a lot more patting ourselves on the back than we usually do. We'll be we'll be the Barry Horowitzes of podcasts. That's pretty much what we do. Uh, we've got them in, going into November. We've got a, we got a fun uh, retrospective plan, which would also be impact related. Uh, then maybe go back to either in your house or from the vault, given that a team may have passed. And then we'll work ourselves around to to Fraser. So uh, that's sort of quite a, a good like month and a bit period without any Fraser. So I think putting like four episodes, like an extra episode now that we started doing a few episodes, then putting an extra episode in. And so you can kind of say, oh, if it's one for each week, there you go, that's just a bit enough Fraser to tide you over. Personally, for a four-year anniversary show, mm-hmm. I, let, I know it would never happen. Mm-hmm. Well, it may happen, but I know it would never happen. I would personally, because I, cause I you know I enjoy my YouTube people, right? You do, oh yeah. I personally really like Simon Dan. Yeah, uh, I've seen, you still be a couple of his videos, yeah. He's a good guy, Simon yeah. Dan. For those who don't know, he basically debunks flat earth people and calls them idiots. He has a very good podcast too as well. Right. Sam and Dan podcast, he talks not just flat earth bullshit, mm-hmm. you know, like debunking those idiots. He himself is not a flat earth dickhead. Yeah. He is a sensible man, yeah. you know, but he talks like, you know, general science and mm-hmm. just quite, in- I find it quite interesting anyway. I, I very on occasion, because he always talks about his email. Yeah. I've always considered emailing him. Uh-huh. And telling him how awesome he is, and try to get him to, you know, plug us a little, you know, because he has a YouTube page and he's very he's got good reach. And I thought, come on, Simon, just turn your call, you know. If you want to do that, it's, it's on you. Maybe he'll maybe he'll appreciate it. I'm sure I he think would. I think he would because he's a very he's a very cool guy. Well, I think he's a very cool guy. I w- I just watched his most recent episode on YouTube, and it was. Uh, all the all the lovable flat earthers in their comments mm-hmm. regarding him, and let's just say they're most of them are retarded, <laughs> most of them are hurtful. Yeah, that's that's the general way of a flat earther: hurtful and retarded because they have nothing sensible to say. Very much, yeah. You know, and I, I do. If there is any flat earthers that listen to our show. Somehow. Somehow. I am so sorry I think your philosophy is dumb. Mm-hmm. But it is. Mm-hmm. And if you stop listening to us because of that, mm-hmm. I'm sorry you couldn't take constructive criticism. Turn us off, go for a walk, and if you fall off the end of the earth, we'll apologise for being wrong. Otherwise, fuck yeah. off. <laughs> and if you fall, we'll go, I never would have thunk that. <laughs> is that a little much? Yeah. Anyhow, so that's obviously the admin of why we're not doing Fraser for a while, and we're going to just do I'm all into this episode, but we tide, this will be enough for you to tide you over for a little while, and then we'll come back with Fraser. But we will, 
and somewhere in all that stuff that we've got coming up, we're going to try and fit in uh, a series that we're doing, a wee spin-off kind of thing from Fraser. We'll be able to look at Fraser actors and other things, other stuff that they've done, because obviously, when you actually look at it, especially like Kelsey, Kelsey Graham, I have a long, you know, Oh yeah, I mean, if you, if you talk about it, like you're talking about things other other cast members have done. There's quite notable mm-hmm. things I could point out. I mean, you've got Perfect Host. Yeah. You have Bugs Life. Yeah. You have uh, Hellboy, I think, as well. That's three standouts that David Ike Pierce has done. Yeah. You've got Anastasia. Mm-hmm. You have uh, X Men, mm-hmm. which Kelsey Grammer has done. Mm-hmm. You have Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, it was it Dan Butler? Dan Butler, uh, Supernatural. Oh yeah, he was in after that. Dan Butler was in. Um, like uh, also, he was in all of things. He was in an episode of of Cheers. He's in that The Iron Giant. He was in that. He was a he general was, in that. He was in uh, in the Line of Fire with Clint Eastwood. Huh? Yeah. Huh? yeah. He was in that. He's. He was also in uh, a bloody movie with Winona Ryder. What I like. <laughs> Oh, what the hell is it called? Reality Bites. Ah. Yeah, he's in that. There's, there's so many things. You know, uh, Jan Lee, she was in Miracle on 34th Street. She was, very small part, but yeah. She was, I believe she was in Seinfeld as well. Before Frasier, she was in Seinfeld. Huh. Yeah, I noticed it the other day. Uh, Perry Gilpin, she's been in uh, one of the Law and Orders or... One of those, you know, crime yeah. programs. She's been in that. I I know more about what uh, Jan Leaves, Stan Butler, and the rest of the cast have done mm-hmm. out with when what uh, no Perry Gilpin's done. Yeah. Uh, Gil, mm-hmm. he's been in quite a few things, mm-hmm. you know. So there's a lot of scope, you know. I mean, yeah. even Kenny. Yeah. You know, he's been in. You know, he's been in Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah. He's been in countless cameos in movies, you know, there's so yeah, much no, we can cover on that. Yeah, he's, again, he, he seems to be one of the guys, and I think John Mahoney does it as well, but less so to the extent that the, the guy who plays Kerry does in that. Yeah. He's that guy who, oh, it's him, he pops up in, that guy who pops up in everything who you recognise, but sometimes can't always remember his name unless yeah, you probably well, try. The guy that played Kenny, uh, what's the actor's name? I can't remember. Well, the guy that played <laughs> Kenny, I believe he was the... Bob Ag journalist in the birdcage. Alright. believe he was that, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, there you go. He's got another one of your other Fraser appearances in the birdcage, buddy, Nathan Lane. <laughs> Nathan Lane, yes. I, oh, I loved Nathan Lane in the birdcage. He's good in a lot of things. Not in Fraser, unfortunately. He's good in Fraser. Well, you hated that episode, though. Oh, Nathan Lane. I oh, Nathan Lane. I thought you were. Yeah, yeah Nathan Lane sucked in Fraser. Mm-hmm. Oh, he really did suck. I know. That episode sucks. <laughs> I'm sure we we shat all over that episode when we covered it. Well, you did more so than me. Well, you agreed with me. Yeah, it wasn't. It was not. It's not one of my favorites. But I can't remember. It's been. It was. In, it was a season two episode. That's so yeah, long ago. Like that. Like Fraser. The Fraser Fungo has that professor here. We talked about in the first two. He has in the first two seasons. That's how long ago. The first three. No, the first two. Season three. Oh. That's there. Right. Okay. Well, let's like maybe it's not as long in the back. You know, he's. He was fighting a losing battle for much of his life with his hair with Kelsey yeah, Grammer. He was one of those guys, like, even though he had that same thinning hair through seasons 3 to 11, mm-hmm. it still looked good in him. Yeah. When David Hyde Pierce got to the end of the run of Fraser, he did not look so good. Yeah, no, no, he did not. His hair was very, very, mm-hmm. very sparse. 
Well, you know, that, that's something we're going to be working on uh, very soon. What, got, David A. Pierce's sparse hair? No, the episode <laughs> about, the, the episode's about you know, Fraser cast members and their outside escapades. Yes, yes. From, uh, from Fraser. Eclectic escapades. Yes. You, you look like from before Fraser, while they were at something they did out in between seasons or long after Fraser. Anything of that ilk, they can, can qualify for that. And we've got a few ideas where we're going to kind of start. There will be quite a lot. I think maybe they start off with. Stuff to do with David Hyde Pierce and Kelsey Graham. I think we might start off with some of their stuff. I think that'd be best for the first time. That's where, we'd get, that's where we'd get the bulk of our material from. Yeah, and plus there's some very really, like good stuff to talk about. Just because no, because not because looking at these stuff, it's not just going to be particularly just about their performances in it. I think it will also kind of just be general review of the thing that they're in as well. And there's some good stuff there, and like getting to. And I've not seen Bugs Life in ages, so I do, such a good movie. So I'd like to get a chance to watch it back again. You know. Just to hear David Ayer saying he's a good part in it, but yeah. there are other things about that film that make it good. Anyway, but let's we should not talk about what's happening, you know, in the future. Let's talk about what we're here and talk about now. Let's get to our show. Let's talk about these four episodes we're going to talk about from scene six. First episode is episode five called First Do, Do No Harm, which has uh, guest starring Terry Hatcher yes. of Superman Lois fame. And uh, and Desperate Housewives fame as well. I I do not know of that show very much. I know it existed. I, I, I know she was in it. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. But I know it's what if you're going to talk about two most noteworthy roles, those two are. In. Yeah. Well, let let us get the the nonsensical shit out of the way first. Sure. Terry Hatcher's appearance. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to stress here. I didn't notice this. I don't think it was an issue. Follows again that, and not to live up to the stereotype, but he notices these things more than I do. I notice these things. As soon as she sits down at the goddamn table in Fraser's home, I notice the ugly goddamn shoes attached to her ugly goddamn feet, her crappy haircut, and her crappy dress sense. God knows why Fraser was interested in the first place, but I digress. I mean, Fraser's not really been. Can't really afford to be picky. We've seen that in the past. Yeah, we've seen that, but God I mean, he's damn, been, I mean, he's man. been it with worse than, than Terry Hatcher in this episode. To yeah, he's been with Dr. Honey Snow, who looked like a fucking drag queen. Hmm. Let's be honest. Yeah. She looked like she could have been on RuPaul. <laughs> she looked more masculine than RuPaul out of drag. <laughs> he, isn't, isn't he maybe a prick in real life, RuPaul? I've heard, I've heard tell. Yeah. You know, I've heard tell he's very particular. I've not... I've uh, I'm not a drag queen fan myself. I mean, not that I wouldn't want to watch it. I'm just saying I don't really watch it. Uh, <sighs> I, I, I know people who do watch it. I did watch it up until the point. I watched it up until the point when drag queens started to irritate the fuck out of me. Like every time a celebrity appeared, mm-hmm. they would squeal and cackle like a bunch of fucking freaks. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, "Look, it's this celebrity," and go, "Oh, it's a celebrity!" Oh, and you'd be like, "Fucking calm down." <laughs> I swear to God, if I was a fucking drag queen on one of those shows, a celebrity would come in and they'd all be cackling and squealing. I'd be like, what's up? You know? I'm sure you would. I'd be like, and you are who? Mm-hmm. And you think you're better than me? Why? <laughs> Fuck you. Anywho. So, is- they'd be cackling, I'd be drunk. Are you, are you, is that, have you got it out of your system yet? Got it out of my you- system. She looked awful. There do you know the whole show with uh, that uh, Superman Lois led to the had an impact on the Superman comics at that point? Yeah, yeah. 
Well, there's also a famous th- uh, Superman story, and there's nothing to do with Aphasia Battle. I thought I was nice to point out because I'm a nerd. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was watching this thing, and they were, it was about history of comic books, and they were talking about, you know, there's a famous storyline where they they killed off Superman, and then the time it was seen as shocking, and they actually kept at it. They actually kept him dead for a period of time, like nearly a year. Yeah. They kept him dead because, obviously, the whole thing was reversed. He killed somebody off, immediately come back, usually, but this is like, no, he's, he's dead now, until they eventually <sighs> only brought him back. And the reason that they killed him off is because they were going to do a thing where they were trying to almost tie in what was happening in Superman comics almost with the TV show. Did they try and make it as sad as when Optimus Prime died? Kind of, yeah. Nah. But uh, I only mention that because Brian went and made me watch the Transformers movie the other week. Yeah. He loves Transformers. Uh, do I? I've got an Optimus Prime Funko as well. You lucky boy. I know. Uh, but, so, and they were kind of trying to try, tie them in. Almost because also the uh, Lewis and Clark show, it's not one I watched or know that much about but I think it was reasonably popular it got like three or so seasons I it, watched it and interestingly Fraser's first boss in the first season played mm-hmm. Lex Luthor in the series huh. I'm reasonably sure but weirdly enough I can't remember what's the name of the boss the, name of the station owner who fire, gets into the argument with Bulldog and says no I did that with his head yeah well that's the guy huh. uh, John uh, Glover or something like that so John something yeah something like that yeah because I didn't realise he was maybe Lex Luthor in that because uh, he's actually in Smallville as Luke Luthor's dad. Oh. Yeah. Do you know what? Maybe what I'm getting it confused by, but I'm maybe. reasonably sure he was Lex Luthor in Lois and Clark. He's also in Batman and Robin. Well. Oh, it, yeah, he plays the guy who's like, he, like Poison Ivy's boss. Uh, he creates Spain in the film. Yeah. Anywho, that's a weird tangent, but. Uh, that it, guy that played Bane was a WCW wrestler. Yes, he was the ultimate solution. They originally called him the final solution. Yeah, but then they realised why well, I shouldn't have called him the final solution. Even the ultimate solution's a bit iffy. Yeah, look, look, calling him the ultimate, calling him any kind of solution is not a good deal. No. But, so, on the TV show, it was reasonably popular for its time. I mean, Terry Hatch has gone into other things. Dean Cain hasn't done less. He's, the only time I hear about him is where I hear, where I watch, I, I sometimes like watching reviewers take the piss out of uh, these weird Christian films that paint people who believe in Jesus as the good guys, and the main one who doesn't believe in God, who's an atheist is the arsehole. There's these weird, there's a weird history of Christian, like pro-Christian films, yeah. and Dean Cain weirdly seems to appear in quite a few of them, <laughs> and so whenever I watch somebody take the piss out of one, Dean Cain somehow pops up in it. Is he, is he like, like that other dick, Kirk Cameron? I, I don't know. But he, 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 he it's just like there's a weird history of like pro Christian films out there, and they all have the same message. They're never good. But I, like, I just watch. Well, like, I've never watched them, but I like seeing them getting the piss taken out of them. I like that too. Mm. I like that too. Like, like there was a one film that again we'll get to Fraser eventually, but there's a like a film that somehow got three movies out of out of it called God's Not Dead, right? And in the in the first one, right, it's like a debate between a, a pro Christian student and a teacher, and he's he's a he's he's a college lecturer who's an atheist, right? And then he teaches, he teaches him philosophy, he tells him to write down, God's not dead. He tells him right at the start, God is dead at the start of the their class. And that starts off the whole film. But like, like again, does anybody, I, I remember watching the review of this and like, does, does the people who made this, these Christians not know what an atheist actually is? An atheist would, does not believe in the existence of God, so why would he say that God is dead if he does not exist? Exactly. I was going to say, like, to say that he, to claim that someone is dead means he knows and he believes this, which means he, which means he is not an atheist. I, I think we should make that movie from Family Guy, <laughs> Passion of the Christ Two, <laughs> Crucify This. You know how to use one of these. You know how to use one of these. <laughs> so 
it, it just confused me. That, anyway, you the, crazy Jesus, anyway, you're crazy. The whole, the whole point is, Dean Cain has done fuck all of note that's I, good since 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 he was Superman. I seen him in a crappy directed DVD zombie movie. Okay, he's not. He's done nothing good that's not directed DVD. Yeah, it's called Dead and Deader. Well, yeah, the one like even like I said, I'd say Superman. One notable thing, one time he probably got a notable role out of it was again tied into Superman because he played in the Supergirl TV show as the adopted like Earth mum and dad of the adopted dad of uh, Supergirl. I thought you were going to say it was the adopted mum and dad. No, I was going to say like because the mum and that was mum one of the plays our adopted mum in the show used to play Supergirl. Ah. So, so, so it's kind of a tie-in with Superman and all that shit. But. Dean Cain going, I am your mother and your father. Anyway, the whole why I'm going to say is the re- like, reason that they impacted Superman in the death is because they wanted to do a storyline in the comics world, which eventually which they officially married Lewis and Clark in the, the, the comics. And they wanted to tie it in with the TV show, but the TV show people went, oh yeah, but we're not planning on having the wedding until season three, so uh, you can't do that. And so the writers of Superman were all like, what do we do then? And apparently someone just, when they had no idea, somebody at the background shouted, why don't we just kill him? <laughs> and so they, they killed off Superman because of a TV show with Dean Cain and Terry Hatcher in it. Yeah. That's the long and short of it. Well, That's the way to deal with Superman. Like, why don't we just kill him? More, more, more the long of it. I can't say the long and short of it because that was not short at all. The short and long of it. <laughs> Let's get into the episode. There, it's called Let's First Do, do it. No Harm. <laughs> I don't know what it has to do with the episode, but anyway. Uh, so Fraser and Rods are in the cafe, and uh, a man comes up to him and says, "Doctor Cray, I used to be such a, I was hey, such a fan of your show. I, I really miss your show." And Fraser's like. Well, thank you. I miss it too. The, the risk interchange of ideas. ideas talking with my audience. The funny guys inter- just like the interplay was between me and my callers. And the guys just like, uh huh. <laughs> well, thank you. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, Ross. The public's so crazy. You got an excitement the only Fraser Crane can provide. And Ross gets to Ross, and who's he's very falling, tired. He's falling asleep. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry. No, the baby kept me up all night last night. No, trying to get used to her crew, but just hates sleeping alone. Well, the acorn certainly doesn't fall far from that. He can't even finish his yeah. obvious joke. Yeah, and Rose like, I just got to have a cup of coffee, but I can because I'm still nursing. Mm-hmm. You know, I killed her playing cup of coffee. You know, it took everything I had to, you know, to get, you know, feed the baby, get dressed and feed the baby this morning. Well, it might be an idea to feed the baby and then get dressed. Yeah, uh, because she's got a white shirt with a big stain. A big uh-huh. six stain or something yeah. on her. And she's like, oh, God. And she's talking about how she's got an interview. And she's like, well, maybe, maybe you would put on your jacket and distract them with blueberry stains in your teeth. Oh, God. I can't go to my interview like this. Oh, of course you can. No, like, go on, check your teeth. Put your jacket on. I started to feel like everyone's the smart career gal. You're all, oh, get every bit the career gal on the go. And then Martin's walking in <laughs> and he's like, Hey, Roz, is that the new style wearing two different shoes? Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> Can I just point out a thing for that scene? Mm-hmm. The one the one thing in that scene that really kind of grated on me, mm-hmm. when when Fraser pointed out the blueberries in her teeth, mm-hmm. oh, it made me cringe when she rubbed her teeth with her napkin. Ugh. I was like, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Ew. I, I was like, don't do that. Don't rub your teeth with a napkin. Mm. So then uh, Martin sits down and he's like, well, I think you need a little cheer and I goes, you're kind of mobby lately. Oh yes, I had a rough night at the wine club. Last night during a blindfold taser, I gave four stars to a Mexican Zinfandel. Mexican Zinfandel. <laughs> well, no, I said, not just last night, you know, you've been uh, mobby. You've droopy ever since you lost your job. And you haven't been dead that much, you know, and you know, Duke's got his daughter just moved back to my dad. 
the last days remain the refuge of the lovelorn. Uh, didn't you skip a little? He's like, yeah. No. Oh, okay. I'm thinking of a different part. <laughs> what did you think was? I thought it was, you know, unless it's supposed to pick me up. No, that's a different. That's a different. Yeah, yeah I've corrected myself. No, that was the cursor when the episode was like, your trailer changed, changed formats. Your wife didn't love you. <laughs> <laughs> if this is supposed to be a pep talk, then please skip do the peppy part. Yeah, uh, gotta go. Well, I just move back to the town. Like, Dad, you know my fault. Blind dates remain the refuge of the love lord. You know, why well, if you didn't talk like that, maybe it wouldn't be so. We wouldn't <laughs> have to get set up so often. <laughs> and, you know, no, you know Marie. You know. She spent a week with her at the lake. She was six years old. Yeah, well, Duke said she turned to a real looker. Well, well I've, I've seen Duke, Duke unless he <laughs> sired a love child with Catherine Deneuve. I don't like my options. And then, although he said that just as that one, that's when she, she walks in mm. and comes there, Terry Hatcher, and uh, Peter obviously, like, Peter has obviously changed his tune very yeah, quickly. surprisingly, he finds her attractive. <laughs> Especially compared to what he's had recently, which is nothing. Yeah, well, I suppose compared to nothing, she'd be fine. Mm -hmm. And then so he and Marie are having dinner at his apartment, and uh, they're just chatting. And as he's uh, doing he's there, and he goes, something called, something I like to call crane brulee. Yeah. <laughs> and as, as Terry Hatcher's sitting there giggling at his stories with her ugly feet. Shut up. Enough about the feet. Uh, and she's always, like, rearranging stuff on the, the table and we learn about her various... Yeah, she's like, I'm sorry, I, I like to have things in parallel lines. Mm -hmm. Yes, I noticed that earlier with the asparagus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's weird, you know, we always have our little inner, inner, inner secrecies, like, you know, always your mother anyway, she's done it all, she's still done their mother and you know, after the divorce, you know, things just got worse and everything and she's kind of like, she's like, I'll stop with the things and then she moves something out of Yeah, spirit. she's like, look, see, it's fine. And then, like, she's, she's clearly a little bit OCD, and as they're just talking about it, and Frazier just goes, You can you can move in that back now. And she's oh, like, Thank you. Like she's, and then he, he offers to take her on the balcony to uh, have yeah, a drink. Yeah, he's like, I, Have you seen the view? I could take you all on the balcony. Like, oh, that is some view, all right. And she's you're, leaning right next to like, the bookcase, like, Oh, I've never seen such a lovely view. Some of you, you're afraid of heights, aren't you? I'm taking, I'm taking classes. classes. <laughs> <laughs> just, look, they, make us, they make us try on a little milk crate. Yeah, they, they give you, give you, you know, tips, but you know, they look better when you're standing on the milk crate. <laughs> yeah. And then she's talking about, obviously, staying with our dad, you know, once we get our own place, you're like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a bit a lot, but very often, you know, the key to help, helping our mental health is distance ourselves from our parents. And that is that moment, in comes Martin. <laughs> oh, hi. And then Martin tries to help in his way. And the same way I would try and help. Yeah. My choice for dessert, Martin. Oh, thanks. I had cream brulee for lunch, and then I, I had a little. I had a little dry, dry run before you got here. I had to make sure my blowtorch wasn't on the fritz. I caramelized. It wasn't on the fritz. So, uh, I was very proud when he got that blowtorch. Yeah, uh, I don't know what it was for. <laughs> <laughs> I was so proud when he brought that blowtorch home. Till I found out what it was for. <laughs> and then he starts uh, talking. Like, oh, I'm not joking. No, he's a great kid, and. Uh, you know, he said the skids recently, you know, been out working, but he always manages to get back on his feet. And yes, thank you, Dad. Thank you, Spend Up Pixie Dust for one evening. <laughs> All right, good night. And then he walks away, and uh, he looks to the, uh, then leaves and everything, and he goes, you know, this will be such a great evening, but uh, oh, I must know, well, are we having many evenings like this together? And then she kisses him, and he goes, like, oh, well, have a nice life. Have a nice life. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got to Gano's, and we're learning more about the... Uh, Unusual side of Marie, where she's describing this 
of a dream that she's yeah. had where really, like she's been chased by a hunter and everything. And then she wakes up in her dad's wood pile rumpus room. Oh, that's horrifying. They're in their faces in the rumpus room. No, that that's not part of the dream. That's where I sleep. Oh. Uh, and then also she has to leave and everything. They took the they get some confused about where they're going. Goes, no, you promised in the museum the shower. Remember? Well, I was under arrest. We had to loof it to my head. <laughs> <laughs> and then Niles uh, comes in as uh, she's leaving. And goes, oh, no, it's just Miss Duke's daughter. I saw. Was that the girl we used to refer to as an ugly Dukeling? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And scare part of me wonders why she. This, this is very similar to the Pepe part. I think this bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He goes, uh, you know, into her part of me is wondering why she's even going out with me. You know, I'm a little older. She's going to have a pick with men. You can you know. stop me anytime you want, you know. Just feel free to contradict me anytime you like, Niles. <laughs> yeah, it must be something, you know. She's clearly charged by you. And it was, well, you know, she's, we'll go one more time together. And she ought to be like, I'm helping her through some of her issues. Oh, really? And then he starts describing, like, the stuff they've been talking about. He goes, you know, she's got a few phobias, you know, fear of heights in this. Oh, a little, ch- a very vivid dream, and this charming little excessive compulsive disorder. <laughs> <laughs> Just look at these, oh, this little charming little obsessive compulsive disorder. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Perhaps she's attracted to you because of your psychiatric expertise. What you suggest me now is the reason I go around me for free therapy, which is a thought. Does it mean spirited thought? You're just jealous. Jealous because I'm having sex. <laughs> jealous because I'm having hot, sweaty jungle sex. What are you having? I'll have a latte. Because <laughs> like, as he's saying that, like, he says the same thing as a waitress there, turns turn, and looks kind of uncomfortable and stands there, also waiting to take nails already. Nails, no full voice she's there, but she'll just stand there, like, silence for a second, like, I'll have a latte. I just, I love <laughs> David A. Pierce's wee look. <laughs> At that point, Luke Wade just looks up, he's like, I'll have a latte. <laughs> you know, you're like, yeah, yeah. pretty sure. You're getting overexcited. Calm yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, I love how defensive. Fraser gets when he, when Niall says this. He does get that way a lot, though. Well, mm-hmm. He does like, get that way a lot. Yeah, he says very mean spirited thought. She's not using me. Yeah. She's not even much as me if I wasn't a psychiatrist. Like, You're just jealous and then he says the better you Yeah, yeah. And also, Fraser, we don't get any further from that scene now. We're just left with Fraser's embarrassment <laughs> as we go into the next scene. And uh, Martin's on the phone to somebody. And uh, yeah, Phil, she's really cute. Yeah, hold on. And then uh, Daphne comes in and Martin tries to get her to come out onto the uh, the balcony. Like, a lot of stars out tonight. Why don't you come out and look? And she's like, all right. And uh, she's kind of looking like, oh, look look at the star reflecting off there. And Martin's look. sort of standing looking up going, winking and going, eh, yeah, eh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, what are you doing? And she's like, he's like, nothing. Yeah. Yes, you were. You're signaling to someone. Oh, all right. I did so well with Fraser and Marie. I figured I'd set you up too. You know the crane. You got me out here like a bloody concubine. <laughs> they're like, it's not just you. I mean, you, there's a telescope. He, you can take a look at him too. Yeah. Like, is it, it's not like Bill. Like, is it, like I said, I thought I could fix you up with a nice guy. Like, it's not him up there with the binoculars. Yeah, what's that great building? He's doing really well. He's, he, he owns that whole that, block. He owns half that floor. Oh, Mr. Crane, he somebody to go out and take like what you said. Yeah, putting on display. No, like, oh, I got this telescope. So you can have a look too. And then, <laughs> and then Phil phones and he's like, he's like, yes. What do you think? Yeah, I told you, didn't I? What do you mean? Can I show you another one? What do you think I'm running here? <laughs> it's like it's like it reminds me of that in season eleven where the uh, Fraser, like, it's a thing. We go like, I thought you brought here for me. Since when do I bring you women? 
What are you, a Celtic of Brunei? Oh, don't talk season 11. Season 11, I only think of fucking Jennifer Tilly. <laughs> so what's your first name, Dr. Frazier? Please don't do that. Do you not like Jennifer Tilly? No, I don't like your impression of Jennifer Tilly. But she sounds just the same as I do. No, you make it worse somehow. Cool. You're also, you also remind me of something that's not Jennifer Tilly, but it's also Frazier related. I can't remember what it is, though, but I'd like to move on from Jennifer Tilly, if you don't mind. And then, so she's talking about, uh, so they come in and restock, and I think it's a virgin, goes, Bear, buy my, she's on about her issues again, there I am, buy my finger rolls on the same, and I was holding the phone when I was talking to my mother. Isn't that some revealing? Uh, yes, yeah. Yes. Everything alright, Frazier? No, no, I, I was so enjoying our museum, Chad, I was wondering how we got into the subject of mothers. Oh, it was a Whistler exhibit. <laughs> And oh, then, oh yes. And then you know she starts. She offers can, to get. A can I cover this part? Sure. Chance? I'm just. Uh, I have this here if you want to read. Well, it's no, no, no. It's very much just on her at this part because, as you say, she comes in and they're talking like he's like, I wonder if it was a Whistler exhibit. And so like, well, we're talking about mothers, and then she's like, he's like, oh, I was going to give you a back rub. So she goes to give him a back rub, and she starts talking about her dream. And he's like, I don't really feel like talking about that tonight. And then she, and this is much to her discredit, because it does make it seem like she's looking for therapy for him. He decides he's not really wanting to talk about it. And then she ultimately goes cold on him and stops rubbing his back. And then we're like, oh, maybe we could discuss it later. And he's like, oh, well, she's like, oh, I've got an early night, early day tomorrow. And all that. And like, what, you were going to stay? And he's like, oh, well, I'm going to, she's like, I'm going to go. And then the minute he decides to talk about the dream again, she's like, oh, everything's fine. Everything's cool. Let's talk about the dream. And you're like, hmm. You know. Mm. Yeah. And so, like, even though they try and tell him differently in a different scene, like Martin and Niles do, but it does all, you can see why he would give credence to what Niles had said yeah, earlier and how, and how Fraser perceived what it, Niles was telling him. Like you say, it cuts to the next scene when we're in Cafe Nervosa and Fraser's like, because, like, Oh, Marie, she's like, oh, is it, is it that or is it all over? What? No, 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 I was going to say, you're jumping ahead. Oh, wait, sorry, I'm wait, jumping wait, in. Wait ahead, because there's a bit in the camera even before the Marie talk. I do apologise. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Because when she says to start rubbing and then, like, he's also, he's now, she now senses even more tense, because also he now, it's sinking in for yeah, him now, like, it's making God, him very upset. Your shoulders are so tense, is, like, it, is it just here or is it all over? And it's because he's all, it's all, it's all, all over. Because he's like, he, he feels he has got confirmation of his suspicions. Yeah, and you, also they haven't really said how long after that initial date, the bit in Nervosa is where Niles sees her. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, that, that is often very unclear in Fraser. Mm-hmm. Because they don't know how, because they, because also the relationship has progressed everything, and yeah. also they've now been intimate. Obviously, because originally they've been uh, originally they have had sex as Fraser so loudly put it <laughs> in the cafe, uh, but they were originally just having a nice like you know chill day on the first night they were together. Yes. So so also it's progressed somewhat, and obviously Fraser is enjoying what he's having and don't want wants to talk about stuff other than her problems, and also he realizes he's losing something great, but has to because he again he doesn't want to be used for his therapy well yeah but yeah like you can see like her actions how quickly she goes away and now Fraser can desperately yeah. to get a test, further test also if what they'll say before is true we get to come back in yeah it's it? like like you say for the amount of times you watch Fraser you can le- you can read those little bits and she does like she's massaging them and then she's like 
he's not wanting to talk about it, and she's like, oh, fine, well, whatever, I'm not going to massage you. And you're like, what the hell, woman? Yeah, no, he's like, chill out. He's like, he doesn't want to talk about it. Then he goes, like, wait, because also her, so they're showing through a forest away from Mahana, that's the main crux of her dream. Yeah. She says that, you know, forest imagery often represents most primal emotions, since frequently used in fairy tales, which could link back to your childhood. And then that's when she comes back and like, oh, you're so much better than my therapist. You're a therapist? I am more who can afford it. You know, my hands are feeling much better because she's yeah, trying to yeah. see their hands are grabbing them everything. Like, and they're like, no, they're like, who can afford it? Then ties into the idea he is just free. Yeah, but all your heart. hands are feeling better now because he's talking about your shit again. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. come off it, ugly feet. <laughs> I'm never going to let that go. C- clearly not, no. Feet are awful or her feet make me sick. Anyway, you don't even see her feet that much, but even at the end, I wasn't looking out for them. But yeah, again, because what's well, also noteworthy about this scene, which you talk about, what you wonder how much she has because Roz is somehow no longer nursing as she's back on the mm. coffee. And Rachel with Fraser. Fraser! <laughs> oh, how are you out? And she's talking about like her Alice. kid and her sitter. And like, You'll not believe this. Alice said her first word today. She said, Ma. Ma, well, maybe moo, but. Mary the sitter, she got a door with a little cow. Like, like, and she's all like, Oh, real person that you Marilyn Sears got her an adorable little gal. Yeah, I'll take it out, cup. <laughs> God, I, just the other day, I got I missed this stuff. Cup of mud, I Java, nursing. My God, I've been missing this stuff. Cup of mud, old pal, Java, Joe. Yeah, I'll take it out, cup. What do you think, Mary? Mary what do you think, Mary's got a husband named Joe. Oh, guys, picking her up. I gotta go. Have, have fun. Nice talking to you. <laughs> and Fraser just sitting there like, Kaylin. Rushes past nails. You got name uh, no, I'm sorry about yesterday and like, like Fraser apologised about the thing the day before we yeah. you know, like, got defensive I well you see you've just answered your own question now you're asking how much time was between well I know how much time there because obviously they come back to the museum they say that they're going to the museum in the cafe and obviously I mean how many times passed between the initial you know, date where we see the, her. The initial date. The initial uh, date and then the Cafe Nervosa scene. Right, right, right. Because there's a date between there, but then obviously they've spent some more time together in the interim. Yeah, So yeah. We, don't, but we don't know how much time, because clearly it's kind of been too long if Nails hasn't been, because Fraser does spend a lot of time with Nails. So say, say about a couple of weeks, month, maybe? A couple of weeks, maybe, yeah, at most. So there's that. You know, so there's like no significant real know of time passing other than when they especially say like say yesterday <sighs> here he sure does move quick that Fraser he does yeah <laughs> and he goes you know I never mentioned yes about Marie and like now Marie and I broke up I'm sorry did she at least give you a reason actually I broke with her but thank you for your daily shot in the arm of confidence <laughs> <laughs> and then Martin comes in like I just talked to Duke what the hell did you break up with Marie for <laughs> Alice I'm terribly sorry but I did <laughs> sorry Scott sorry. You're good. I'm all good. All good. Apologies. No, I never meant to cause a rift between you and Duke, but you know, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't want to confirm that Marie was primarily interested in me for you know my psychiatric expertise. You know, using me as a sounding board. I couldn't carry on. You know, Niles, Niles said I should. And then I Martin said hit, no such thing. And Martin hits him and Niles hits <laughs> Fraser, and then Fraser hits Niles back. <laughs> and I said no such thing. I said maybe one of the things, maybe just one of the things, might you appreciate about you to say your expertise. I mean, I mean if, you're sake, a, if you're a world class chef, you would appreciate your cooking. Yeah, if you're a stand up comic, you'd appreciate your jokes. Yeah, if you were a dermatologist, you had a big growth on your face. I think we got the appreciate that. And sorry, but if you had a reason to continue, she might find other things about you that she'd appreciate just as much as your expertise. Well, there's gonna be a pretty, 
getting a pretty big bouquet of flowers to start this other than that. Maybe just explain to what happens, you know, sometimes the best apology is the truth. You mean tell her that you thought you were, she was prostituting herself for free therapy, but now you decide that okay? Well, not that truth, some other truth. <laughs> and then they've come back into Martin Fraser and Marie that is as Martin's there and everything. They went they went to a fairy restaurant, you know, some little Korean barbecue. I guess that's what you have with to cook your own you to cook your own food <clears> in this little grill in the center of the table. Splatter a little bit, but you know that's how you know it makes it fun. And then they also say, so like, hmm. I guess we must have had a great time. <laughs> And then they they talk about how they've already planned to go away that weekend and everything. Mm-hmm. And so she goes in the living room and everything. And she, she goes up over along the hall to Fraser's room and she goes like this. Yeah, and she's, like, like, she's blocking our, our She's, she's blocking like the that. balcony because she's somewhere like, I look. Yeah. Look, I think she's got in an elevator. They're on the elevator for a long time. How did she manage that, though? Mm. The elevator. I'm sure that's got to play into it. But well, she can't see anything, I suppose. Yeah, but she's got to know that they're going up for quite a length of time, so they must be going up very high. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of questions, Scott. But yeah, I don't have I don't have this in my fear face. If someone out there, please let us know. How do you handle elevators? I I don't like heights, but I don't like heights. You know, like if I see them, mm-hmm. if I don't, if I don't see it, I'm good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But like, I tell you, when I freaked out, the last thing with heights. Mm. When I went to Blackpool with my family, huh. and I didn't want to look like a ginormous pussy in front of my bur- my brother, mm-hmm. I went on that Pepsi Max roller coaster. Oh, I hate that thing! I I got I got once pres- I got pressured into going on that as well. No, I, well, I didn't get pressured. I just I didn't want to. Did the bigger boys make you? Did the bigger boys bully you? No, I just <laughs> didn't want to look like a complete coward in front of my younger brother. <laughs> I went on it, and you know, just when you get up to the top of that thing. I looked. I saw. I closed my. I had to close my eyes. Though. Yeah, when it started going down, I closed my eyes. Mm. I was. I was on the thing going, mm. <laughs> and then it got to the vault. But I looked, and I was like, "Oh my god, we're still alive!" <laughs> yeah. It was. It was terrifying. Mm. Yeah. I don't like big high roller coasters. Mm. And do you know when we got on it? When we got on it at first, that fucking bar that you pulled down, yeah. it was not pulling down. You're good I felt, I felt like that episode of Chewing the Fat, like, Harry, get the man! Get the man! <laughs> <laughs> no, you and they, get the man! Get the man! Get the... <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, back to you for sure. And, uh, yeah. So the little problem with heights. Oh, I saw that. And then Martin goes, I'm glad you guys passed things up, you know. Duke and I go back a long way. And a lot of, got a lot of friends, but it's something I get from you. I don't get from anyone else. Seahawks Seahaw. tickets. Nope, don't they, think I'd some bitch wasn't ready to pull them. <laughs> Dad dragged me to one of those Korean barbecue places once. And that's dragging three times. He still gives me in our carnivorous frenzy every time I wear it. <laughs> and I said, we I go in there. I'll, I'll take the restaurant. Perfectly one where the stove gets its own room. <laughs> And then he starts talking a bit more about her, uh, her, her dream and everything. Her he's dream, like, her like, idiosyncrasies. He's like, I'm certain I can shed a light on their mother issues, you know. <laughs> this dream, you know, she's being sued by a hunter with no face. I'm determined to get to that bottom of it, you know. I'm certain it has something to do with her mother issues. Oh, and I realized this, I realized this just tonight. She has this weird fear. She refuses to touch the door with her bare hands. Naturally, to my... My natural chivalry caused me not to see it for a week. Yes. There you go. It's almost, at least a week. That's never at all. least a week, yes. And he goes, huh. 
And, uh, and I, I must commend him on his natural chivalry. Yeah. Because I do that for mm-hmm. everyone. You know, he goes like, that what you talk about? Is there problems? No, we talk about other things. Art, theater, why? Just a passing thought. We'll pass it over here. <laughs> I'm just saying, maybe what well, you're captivated by her so much is, you know, perhaps she's giving you a chance to excite your psychiatric muscles. Like you have been out of work for some time. Uh, do you think I'm just interested in her as a case study? And, How shallow do you think I am? This, I'm with this, maybe it's a stunning woman with a body to die, but you think I'm interested in her mind? How shallow do you think I am? Yes. Actually, I mean, it's all aspects of Marie, not just her psyche, for God's sake. Happily go for weeks without discussing it once. I had to hear it. And it, uh, well, thank you. Excuse me, I have someone waiting for me in the other room. And he goes away, and Eddie starts sniffing him and biting his, his the trigger yeah, like this. starts doing that thing that I always find humorous. Uh, you know, Get off me, you mangy girl! Dad, call off your own. And, uh, he comes into the room with me, like, my father's best friend. And then they'll, and then she starts talking about the dream. And he goes, "I saw the hunter's face this time." And then now she doesn't want to talk about Fraser does. Yeah. And everything goes. Who was it? It was your sister, wasn't it? No, I thought we were going to talk about it anymore. Okay, okay. No, no, we're not. We're not. We're fine. Oh God, did I just tell you it was? It was me. Of course it was. Is the way you Of course it was. Anger. The hunter represents your feelings of anger and abandonment that you've been dealing, running from ever since your parents' divorce. But now you've been able to avoid this painful air. And then tidying through the forest of repression. But now your willingness to identify the hunter means you are cohesive. You are ready to reintegrate your complex emotions into a more cohesive self. self. And she's like, wow, it's all so clear now. It certainly <laughs> is. Uh, and then he's like, oh, I'm sorry. He's like, oh, don't apologize now. Maybe, Maybe it was a story we would tell our grandkids one day. <laughs> it was a story of when grandpa broke up with grandma. Actually, grandma. I'm afraid our time is up. is up. What? And then uh, you see uh, Martin like, yeah, this weekend's game? Yeah, yeah, of course I want him, Duke. Yeah, I wouldn't. Wouldn't it be funny if we end up in-laws? Skipped a little bit. No, I didn't. You you oh. skipped the, the scene. What thing? Well, the, the back and forth. He's like... No, you know, he says, I'm afraid our time is up. But then we talk a little and she's like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's like, am I insane? Or are you breaking old me again? Well, like it's like not completely unrelated. I just, I'm starting to feel more like your therapist than your boyfriend. Like a, I think it was just someone who appreciates other aspects. Oh, I don't believe this. Uh, he said that, and he was like, I thought we were having such a good time together. I'm afraid our time is up. And then you got a little bit with Martin, like, hey, dude, wouldn't it be a kick if we were in laws? And you hear them arguing, oh, go to hell, and she's arguing them all again. Yeah, like, yeah. At the view and everything. And like, hey, Duke, no, maybe you want to put those tickets right now in the mail before you forget. Like, yeah, and then she you, like, you got to remember the bit where she tries to leave. She tries to leave angrily while yelling at him, like, and then she puts she's the, like she puts her hands under under her shirt to open the door knob angrily. Like, no, if something especially you can call with that, call on yourself. Yeah, and we get one final view of our ugly shoes. Anywho, we get what we also get is the end credits where basically Martin's doing the same thing to Rose as he did to Daphne. And yeah. he's like pointing out, I don't know if it's the same guy or everything, but <laughs> what kind of thing do you think I think I'm running here? <laughs> but he's that point out, and then she like hits them at first and then realize then suddenly goes away, combs her hair and then comes back, and he's like, Oh, this guy's just posing. No, she's showing off her muscles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go, and that is first do no harm. 
Terry, Terry Hatcher's ugly shoes and that side. side. What, uh, how do you feel about this episode? I feel good about this episode. I give it a solid, you know, I give it a solid middle to up. Middle to up? Middle yeah. to up. I, it's I, it's I, not fantastic. I, I'd give it right about middle as well because, you know, I, I know we can have good episodes that Nails isn't a big part of, but even though... Nails does help Fraser come up to his like major realizations. I, I still often... think Nails' small parts in this episode are very good. They tie it together well. Yeah, but like oh. it's not as memorable in terms of like lines. There are a couple of like very like, memorable like quotes from like really good episodes. Even some of the more decent episodes have some memorable about them. There are oh. some funny lines in this, but not on them that I immediately remember. This, this is one of the definite episodes that's very Fraser centric. Yes, very Fraser centric, but. It would not work without little little spices from Niles and from Martin. Yeah. And even from Daphne. Yeah, you know, even, even as briefly as she is, isn't it? I mean, that little side part with Martin trying to whore out Daphne and <laughs> fucking Roz, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you can definitely, it definitely fits both their characters, how they, how they react to it. Yeah, or, or yeah because da- Daphne's all pretty and offended, and Roz is all like pretty and offended, and then the minute Martin goes away, she's like, I am sex. <laughs> yeah, I'd give it rid of it a middle as well. I think Terry Hatcher's. Uh, I think Marie is uh, like one of the better, you know, one-off, you know, like love interest for like a better term. Yeah, for, yeah, uh, because for she has, she's a very, uh, she's a very cookie chick. Yeah, and so it's like getting Fraser and you know, getting to meet somebody with these kind of things. She's gonna be able to identify him the way he is as a, yeah. I guess, and like. It does actually make a lot of sense because obviously he's out of work. He's been obviously we've seen him for that episode. He's not doing very well in the job hunt and everything. Yeah. Obviously, as a he is still a very qualified psychiatrist, so obviously he has this wealth of knowledge. And it's interesting to actually see you know Fraser, you know, basically desperate to use, so desperate to use use his abilities. But he's still willing to keep us longer than suddenly coming this old. I feel like oh god, now that I've solved it. We can't yeah. go on anymore. It, it's very interesting to see just how fragile Fraser's psyche is, though. Yes. You know, because, like, mm-hmm. he, wa- he wants a woman, mm-hmm. but he's he's analysing the woman, mm-hmm. you know, because he, he's fragile in the sense that he wants to have, a, he wants to have someone, uh-huh. but he wants to use his abilities. He, he's still striving to be his best self. Yeah. Despite all of his woes, at less time, he's mm-hmm. still striving to be his best self. Yeah. And in doing that, does become like a detriment to himself. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I agree. Well, it's very interesting. Uh-huh. Now, I'm really interested in these next episodes because they kind of really, they're not really a two-part or anything, but they really flow well together with the common theme that they have. So we have episode six, Secret Admirer. Ooh. And we have Fraser sitting in Catherine O'Worth again with another different woman this time, uh, this time Nancy, apparently. Is her uh, name. Former colleague. Former colleague, yes, and uh, they're talking there on a date. We don't know if it's their first date or how long they have been dating, but uh, she uh, says to you know, it's funny, you know, we worked together all that time and never dated, yeah. And right in the middle of the conversation, Roz just comes in and uh, just immediately doesn't even think, and we clearly see, he doesn't think that Nancy would go for something like Fraser because she clearly doesn't think this is a date or anything. Yeah. Like, hey, Fraser, Nancy, like, ah, so you're back at work? Yeah, and she said to start at KNFS. Yeah. You know, Nancy and I are having coffee. Oh, none for me, thanks. And she sits there and like, listen, can I have a free muffin, please? And she goes, Nancy, listen, I'm a dying to tell you my cousin just moved back. I actually just started seeing someone. Well, you'll forget all about me and meet Chuck. Chuck. He's, he's so he's handsome. He's rugged. handsome, he's rugged, he's great outdoors. Kindly leave him there. 
You see, the person that Nancy is dating... It's me. Really? You two are dating? As we speak. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Well, good for you, I mean... Who wants Chuck when you have, like, a Leanti Chuck? And you're like, fuck you, Roz, fuck off. I know. Like, you're not exactly doing that much in the dating scene, either. No, but the fact that she comes in, fucks up his date, Uh and then basically shits on him, well, verbally shits on him, like... In the middle of his date, you're like, yeah. fuck off, you fucking cock-blocking bitch. It's, 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 a credit, it's a credit to Nancy that she, you know, doesn't, this doesn't need to turn her in any way, but, you know, all that too love, like, Fraser's uh, come back to her saying, uh, you know, my muffin gets here, will you, you kind of send it to me? You won't even see it coming. Oh, good dick, you wait, bitch. But I've, I've got to say one thing, just quickly. <sighs> Over the course of this episode... Fraser is very discourteous to Nancy. Yeah. In my personal opinion. There are a couple of people who you think, oh, you know, it's kind of sad that this couldn't have worked out more for Fraser and this person. No, and he, he deserves what he gets in this episode. There's, but there's some ones where it's, it's clearly Fraser's fault and the woman deserved better, and Nancy is, is one yeah, of those. Yeah. He, he's or, very discourteous to this woman. I can't remember her name, but you know, that woman who's going to go on the date with the episode where that que- he got pressed that question by Niles, are he and Maris meant to be together? She got, she got dealt a the bad end of it oh, as well. Oh, she got dealt a horrible blow. Yeah. But, I felt so bad for that woman. But, well, like, they have a good back and forth because it cuts back, because as soon as Royal Leach goes, oh, where were we? Well, I think you're about to ask me out again. My gosh. Let's this see ESP how, of yours is incredible. Let's see how far it goes. What night was I thinking of? Friday. Incredible. Astounding. That's why clearly it's moving before she starts spending them. And then Niles comes and goes, oh, I'm so glad you're here. Like, oh, hi, Niles, great. She sits there and, like, uh, I used to work at KSL. Oh, yes. Talking business? Well, no. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and Niall sits there and presents his uh, financial settlement. Uh, <laughs> like, like, oh. Ah, my brother has been going through a rather rancorous divorce. Like, oh, sorry. It was like, yes. Is this a, is a financial settlement? Like, like, oh, financial. Peter gets a music with financial settlement. Good Lord, now. You and Maris finally come to terms. Sorry, what's that? Good to hear you over the angels singing. Yes, he goes, well, he must be very relieved. You know, I'll say it's already cost me a fortune. You know, this guy no longer I've been literally bankrupt. Well, I'm mean, yeah, well, sure, you got some celebrity. You do off you go. And he off says, you go. I can't wait for this to be done. Now I have to sign it and get her to sign it, and then I'm on the freedom train. Well, all aboard! All aboard! <laughs> you know, it's funny when anything. You know, one day you're starting a new relationship full of hope. Next day you're sinking in a helpless, sucking pit of despair that leaves you filled with a bitter bile of regret. You're on a date, aren't you? So hard to say at this point. Oh, I'm so, so sorry. sorry. So you're there to go, and then you know, she does the whole thing. She's she's leaving. He's like, "What's wrong with you?" <laughs> and she does the whole thing. The SP like, yeah, yeah. Well, I was thinking instead of going out, maybe we could have dinner at your place. There's amazing, amazing again. You can read my mind. Oh, I just thought I'd be more comfortable. We could go up on the couch. And he goes, "What am I thinking now?" And she slaps seven. And there's like, a bit of. And he's like, "Oh, you're amazing." <laughs> Yeah, he's like, can you tell what I'm thinking now? <laughs> She's like, <gasps> <laughs> and then uh, they come in. I believe it's the next day. They come in from a, a squash game there. Yeah, doesn't she seem like such a nice woman? She is. She nice seems woman. like such a nice woman. He's such a dick. Yeah. In this episode, he really is. Mm-hmm. And this is where it starts because uh, yeah, Fraser comes in uh, when they was there in a squash here, and then hey guys, who won the game? Oh, Daphne, it's not about winning or losing, it's about the thrill of competition. Congratulations, Niles. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pam, no one could have beat me, even an actual athlete. If you could have a pause, he's like, oh, that's the most thing before. Oh, <laughs> Niles, a sherry. 
And then he tells uh, Martin and Daphne about, you know, you know. Yeah. About the thing. He goes, oh, that's wonderful. Well, that's wonderful. It's a tragic ripping apart. Two lovers once bound together in the sacred union can be. Mm-hmm. Oh, brilliant. And, uh, Daphne, you're doing a laundry. Let me throw my gym to. All right. If you got a couple of extra minutes, I can throw on these, these squash dogs. Oh, let's have some fun for tomorrow. <laughs> And then he goes into his and he finds a Cartier box in his, right. in his bag. Yeah. And he's like, my goodness, you know, someone slid in my bag. Well, of course, you know. So I don't remember everyone touching my bag except for the valet or Jamie the squash porter. Oh, you might, guys must put, put, build a quiet sweat down there, don't you? <laughs> my goodness, look at this. And, the, and he, he, like, cufflings everything. Like, there's a card in here. I still think of, I still think of you constantly. I was wrong to ever let you go. Do you believe in second chances? It's unsigned. Huh, wrong to let you go. And like someone who dumped you. Well, that's not a short list, is it? No. Can I just point out here? If Fraser mm-hmm. was as honourable as he claims to be, mm-hmm. he would have immediately discarded that mm. and went, oh well, I have a secret admirer. Mm. Move on. Or at least, like, at least, like, he chooses to call people first. It's maybe, like, like you said, if there was... Well, if it's still like understand like unsane to it is and as I said he's been through a couple of quite a few women you, know, yeah, you, would, you wouldn't call them and try and hit on them you would call them and tell them look if you have sent this to me do not well he sent message for, for them which and uh, for some of them which end up coming out of bite them but if I were him I'd just wait you know take the cufflings you know, get rid of the note keep the cufflings and everything but you know yeah. and like see if something happens because like Maybe see if this person approaches him or yeah, to get but, or leaves more clues as to who they are because if he had waited, then he may have known the truth. That's very true, but it also points very clearly towards Fraser's severe insecurities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, admit, he has a perfectly good woman in Nancy mm-hmm. who obviously ha- has feelings for him and mm-hmm. wants to pursue it. Yet the minute he hears about something else, he's like, Oh, I must pursue this too. Like, Why must you pursue this? Yeah. You have someone. You know, you dick end. Because he does, he doesn't even learn his lesson because like, the idea like dating more than one person, he doesn't think that he's a person to do that, but the idea of doing it seems exciting to him. But, but you see, that's the very thing. If it, if it was Niles mm-hmm. or anyone else doing it, he would be the first to criticise. Mm-hmm. And Niles, as Niles criticises him, which yeah. is rightfully so, but like, in fact he doesn't learn his lesson because he does this again and like, a later season with yeah, Faye and Samantha. So yeah, like, he does. He, he doesn't, clearly doesn't learn his lesson. And then he does that again with uh, Claire and Faye Lana. And Cassandra, not Cassandra. Samantha. Yeah, I don't know why it is. Okay. But then he does it with fucking Lana and bloody Claire, Claire in a way as well. Yeah. So he doesn't fucking learn his lesson. Yeah, very interesting point, by the way. You talk about where eclectic ex- escapades. Yeah. Well, Claire, who is like in a, an arc in Fraser. Yeah. She played, she was in the Green Mile. She was in quite a few notable things as well. Well, I, I know her from Fraser and know her from Green Mile. Yeah. Yeah. She also appears as a, a couple of episodes of Parks and Rec. She's a right, right stone-faced, like, cold bastard. She's a bitch. Right bitch in there. Yeah, I've, I've never seen Parks and Rec. See, the thing is, the main character, Ron, in it, played by Nick Hoffman, he's got two ex-wives called Tammy. One of them you see a couple of times, the second Tammy, which is played by Megan Mulhaney. From oh, Grave, who's actually Karen. It's actually Nick Hoffman who plays Rod Swanson's wife in real life. Yeah. So like, and then they always refer to her first Tammy, who's never eaten. And then she appears in like episode four, and like you get like a sense of how bad she is because he immediately re- tries to go in hiding, and she comes in stone faced, and he's immediately like, "Oh god, do like you, she's here." Do you know Karen from Rolling Grace? Mm-hmm. That's like my role model. 
I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. That's my role model. Mm. An alcoholic psychopath. <laughs> Anyhow. So yeah, he so he like should have we're getting back to Fraser though, he should have obviously led to the let's see if this person approached him because if they know him, he goes to the court, then he knows where else to find him. So yeah, don't don't be erratic and childish. Don't go pursuing things when you have a good thing. Or wait to see uh, if they have. Yeah, 